Uh, the Supreme Court of Canada this morning issued a ruling in a case involving the ride-sharing service Uber that could have broad implications for the gig economy and labor rights in Canada. Here to talk about it, Lior Samfiru, employment lawyer. Welcome to the show. Good to have you on, Lior. It's always a pleasure, Kelly. Okay, give us the background on this case. So this, uh, this is a class action that I started back in 2017, uh, taking the position that the Uber drivers uh, are, in fact, employees and not independent contractors. And because of that, they have uh, all kinds of entitlements under our laws in Ontario. Well, when Uber drivers start working for Uber, they have to sign a document. And one of the things the document says is if you ever have a problem with us, if, we, if Uber ever does anything wrong, your only recourse, Mr. or Mrs. Driver, is to file for an arbitration in Amsterdam, the Netherlands. So Uber opposed our lawsuit by saying, no, 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 you can't sue us. You have to go all the way to the Netherlands if there's ever any sort of problem. Well, this issue as to whether or not the drivers can be held to this Netherlands arbitration clause made it all the way to the Supreme Court of Canada. And this morning, the Supreme Court of Canada issued a decision, uh, a very important decision, saying that a company cannot deprive its workers from the ability to enforce rights by having some sort of a foreign arbitration provision. Because if you do that, you're essentially telling drivers you have no recourse. The company can do whatever it wants, and there's no recourse. So it is an extremely important decision that preserves access to justice and preserves employee rights uh, across the, ca- the country. Have you ever heard of anything like this before, a company dispute settled in another country? It, you know, some, some companies uh, try to use these arbitration clauses. Usually we're talking with high-paid executives when there often could be hundreds of thousands or even millions of dollars at stake, and they... they they pick some sort of a jurisdiction uh, and use arbitration there. But to use that with, with you know, Uber drivers, for people that are just trying to earn a living, you know, think about this absurdity that if an Uber driver feels that uh, they weren't paid properly for their ride last night and they're owed $20, their only recourse is to $20,000 for an arbitration in the Netherlands. That's before lawyer fees and travel fees. Uh, clearly no one's going to do that. So no, they certainly overreached here, and I think that's what they were uh, slapped down a bit by the Supreme Court of Canada. So what was at stake when it comes to that judgment? Let's say the ruling went in favor of Uber. Well, I actually said before, and I absolutely believe this, that employment laws were at stake. Because if Uber is able to do that, that means that every company can do that. So you may have a a job, uh, you may have, whether it's a full-time, part-time, minimum wage or not, that says that if you ever have a problem with us, you have to go to the Netherlands or or whatever, pick your country. If that's the case, then we don't have any more rights in this country. You can have all the rights in the world. If you don't have a way to enforce those rights, the rights are meaningless. Therefore, really what was at stake here was, do we actually believe that we should have employment laws in this country, or is it going to be a, 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 you know, a madness, essentially. So I, I'm glad that cooler heads prevailed, and we still have rights, we still have the ability to preserve rights, and that's uh, very good news for everyone. Okay, and this was, uh, this was all based around a driver named David Heller. Did you deal with him? Was he, were you representing David Heller originally? He was a driver for Uber Eats? Yes. So, so David Heller is, the, is my client. He's the plaintiff. So this is a class action. Every class action has uh, what we call a named plaintiff or a lead plaintiff that represents essentially the other driver. So yes, Mr. Heller 
uh, is my client. He's the one that uh, ultimately won this case in the Supreme Court of Canada right now. So, uh, yes, he's a very good guy and very happy. So this was a $400 million uh, class action lawsuit that was launched. So uh, how much money does he stand to get here? Well, so so here's the the, the funny thing, or or the the, <laughs> the the thing to keep in mind with our justice system. Our justice system tends to move very slowly. So we've now been fighting this issue that I mentioned for the last three years or so. Now this issue is over. But what this means is now we actually get a chance to to have the the, the lawsuit dealt with, because uh, Uber said you don't even get to speak to the judge here because you have to go to the Netherlands. Now that we've been established that that's not the case, now we can actually deal with the merits of the lawsuit and have the issue determined as to whether or not someone is an employee or a contractor. That still is going to take time, so we're certainly not able to talk in terms of any financial outcome. Okay, so uh, there'll be another case, uh, another trial, another ruling. Uh, Will Uber have to come and testify? Represent so themselves? Absolutely. Yes, Uber is going to have to present evidence as to how it treats its drivers, why, in fact, they're contractors and not employees. We will have our own evidence from many drivers explaining the nature of the relationship. So, yeah, if this matter does go to, to, to trial on the issue of employee versus contractor, yeah, there's going to mm-hmm. be a lot of information that Uber is going to have to provide. This could have huge implications for the gig economy and labor rights in Canada and how uh, people are compensated by Uber. This has been a massive uh, discussion over the last few years and Uber drivers, some of them calling into the show saying, I can hardly make ends meet. And and that is something that I'm hearing all the time. I I get uh, these types of calls and and emails regularly and something has to be done here. It's not as easy as what Uber and other uh, similar companies would want to do, just slap on a title of an independent contractor, we'll essentially pay you what we want, and we won't pay you what, we want, what you want, uh, and we'll avoid employment laws uh, in, in, by doing that. It doesn't work that way. It's always a question of substance over form. If you look like an employee and act like an employee, you are an employee, even though someone may try to call you an independent contractor, and that's exactly what we're trying to establish here. Okay, the Supreme Court of Canada's decision has uh, ruled that that $400 million class action lawsuit launched by the Ontario Uber drivers can move forward. Um, Presumably, we are not the only country where Uber says, oh, no, if you have a dispute, you have to go to the Netherlands. Is this precedent setting on on a global front? Well, you know what the interesting thing was in the U.S., uh, they actually did not have those arbitration clauses, and I'll tell you why. They, they're not afraid of U.S. laws. U.S. employment laws are much more favorable to, uh, to employers, where Canadian employment laws are certainly much more favorable for employees. So it is my view that what Uber was trying to do is it, it was trying to avoid having Canadian and Ontario laws apply to it because it knows or should know but the outcome may not be in its favor, whereas in the U.S. it didn't have the same concern. So it, certainly this decision impacts everyone uh, working in Canada. Uh, globally, perhaps not as much so. If, in fact, Uber drivers are ultimately determined to be employees, that is going to be uh, a decision that has impact globally. Absolutely. So this ruling uh, makes it a very good day for labor rights in Canada and especially for people working within the gig economy. It absolutely does. A, a, a negative ruling, uh, honestly, would have potentially meant the, the death of employment law, employment rights. It would have been a terrible situation for everyone working, certainly those working in the gig economy. So I'm very pleased that uh, the decision is as it is. Well, uh, I guess congratulations are due. Congratulations, Lear. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it.